0: Hello, this is Rebel, and you are listening to Rockin' Radio. My guest today is professional triathlete, speaker, and author, Brendan Brazier. Welcome, Brendan.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. You were referred to me because I don't know who you are, so this is going to be a getting-to-know-you uh, chit-chat. I was referred to you by Mark Perlmutter, who happens to know you. And I'd done an interview with him. Excellent. Okay, so for Timeline Clarity, today is July 8th, 2008. So don't be confused when we mention events on this program. Uh, July 8th, 2008. Uh, Brendan's um, website is brendanbrazier.com. Is that the one we're talking about today?
1: Yeah, that's the best one.
0: Okay, so let me spell that out. Brendan, B r e n d a n brazier b and barbara r a z i e r brendan com it's all one word um brendan give me some background about you what what kind of food did you eat what how did you grow up and how did you get to eating the way you do and how do you eat now (laughs) it's one big long thing
1: yeah um well it started for me when i was around 15 i started getting really interested in trying to become a professional athlete because I really enjoyed just doing sports. I enjoyed swimming, biking, and running, and I thought that if I could become a professional triathlete, which involves swimming, biking, and running, then that would be ideal. That would basically be my ideal career, and that's what I decided to pursue. And so in trying to do that, I realized that obviously I'd have to train a lot because an Ironman triathlon is it consists of a two point four mile swim, hundred and twelve mile bike and then a marathon, so twenty six point two miles, and obviously that takes a lot of training and and I found that what was actually really interesting to me that I discovered when I was around fifteen or sixteen is that the average um, athlete trains very similarly to the top professional athletes in triathlon. And that surprised me. I didn't expect that. Of course I expected that professional triathletes the top guys in the world would train completely differently to the average people but that wasn't the case and and then of course I asked myself well if if it's not just the training that makes some athletes great and others remain average then what is it and basically that came down to recovery and how fast the body could regenerate after exercise so therefore how soon it could train again after the last training session had taken place and and that's what I focused on was recovery, and then I found that around 80% of recovery can be attributed to nutrition, so that's where my focus went. And I was never actually interested in nutrition just for the sake of it, but I just wanted the lifestyle that um, that I was pursuing, the, the professional career in triathlon. So that was a motivi- motivating factor for me was lifestyle, and, and I tried a whole bunch of different kinds of diets, and nothing really worked great, and then I tried a completely plant-based diet. and. At first, it actually didn't work very well. I was hungry a lot of the time and tired, and I, I wasn't recovering well. And And then I, I stuck with it, but when I figured out how to do it properly, my performance improved dramatically, and I was actually able to recover a lot faster than the people I trained with and started my professional career in 98 and did that for six years. And, and a lot of guys I trained with didn't start a professional career at all or else started it much later. So I attribute that completely to attention to detail and nutrition and specifically, well balanced, well thought out plant based diet that really helped me improve a lot quicker than other people. And, and right now, I, I just as I did when I, I competed professionally, which is um, around 80% raw if I had to, to put a percentage on it, which, which I normally don't do, but people often ask. So i say around 80, 85%, but largely raw and completely vegan.
0: So, what do you eat when you're not eating raw?
1: Well, there's a few things that that I have that aren't raw, such as tea and rice protein that is in Vega, which is a product line that I formulated. Technically, it's not raw because it's not cooked; it's not heated to above um, 110. But when it's milled, the friction gets to around 130, and and so technically it's not raw. So I I make that distinction. Sometimes I drink unpasteur or I drink pasteurized coconut water, which of course can't be considered raw because I travel a lot and. I don't always carry my machete with me and so that's <laughs> sometimes difficult and they don't like those machetes at airports anymore. So I just buy the pasteurized um ones. Actually one coconut water makes a really good one. It's it's just simply coconut water in a in a tetra pack. So I often drink that. So technically not raw either and um that, that's basically it. That's consistently what I eat that's not raw. Once in a while I'll have maybe some steamed broccoli if uh if someone offers it to me or some maybe cooked buckwheat or something like that. But other than that, um, it's, it's completely raw, mostly mostly greens and fruit.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you stay away from things such as uh, nuts and avocados?
1: I don't stay away from them, but they're not a major part of my diet. I do eat some, some raw and sometimes soaked almonds. And uh, actually, sometimes when I make energy bars, I make raw energy bars, they have almonds in them and hemp seeds as well. And avocado, once in a while, maybe once a week or twice a week, I'll, I'll put a bit of an avocado on a salad. But other than that, I, I don't eat a huge amount of, of really fatty foods.
0: Is, is that just by choice? You, are you just not drawn to them, or are you choosing not to eat them specifically?
1: It's more that I, I just am not really drawn to them. I, I do make salad dressings with hemp oil and flax oil, so I get some, some fats that way too. And um, I find that sometimes if I eat too many fats, I, I just feel a little bit heavy and, and not quite as good. So I'm certainly not trying not to eat them. I, I eat them whenever I feel like it, which is a few times a week. But yeah, like I say, not really consistently.
0: Well, Brendan, with your training, you, you're burning up a lot of calories. How do you maintain your weight? Or is that not a problem?
1: It's, when I'm training a huge amount, it can sometimes, I do sometimes get a little bit light, but what I have found is that the important thing, my strength doesn't actually go down, it's just my weight, and and I do know that when I am in the midst of a big training cycle, I do lose a bit of muscle, I lose fat too, but I, I know I lose a little bit of muscle, but that's okay because I'm not losing strength, so therefore my strength to weight ratio is actually improving, and for an endurance athlete, that's key, so if as long as my strength is good, that's that's fine. And I, I went through a phase where I, I, I probably ate 6,000 calories a day, and now I don't eat half that, yet I do the same activity level. And the reason for that is because I eat foods that digest very easily, and I talk about this in my book a lot too, The Thrive Diet, is that I eat foods that are mostly, like I say, raw with lots of enzymes, digest very easily, so whole natural foods, lots of salads that, aren't necessarily high in calories, but you spend very little energy to digest it. Therefore, the net gain of that food is high, whereas when I used to eat bread and peanut butter, for example, when I was vegan but, but didn't really understand the raw component, I, I expended so much energy to break down foods like that and actually make use of it that I had very little left. So taking a lot of calories, which I thought would give me more energy since the calorie is a measure of food energy. So you would think the more calories you ate, the more energy you would have, but that's, of course, not the case. Otherwise, people who ate lots of fast food would have most more energy than, than anyone else, and we know that isn't the case. So it, it just came down to realizing that there was something else going on there. Digestibility has a huge part in, in energy as well. So that's uh, that's what I found, that you can actually get away with very few calories if you eat nu- nutrient, nutrient-dense food that is easy to digest.
0: Mm, yeah, I always say... It's not what you eat. People say you are what you eat. I don't agree with that. I think you're, you are what you digest. And if you can't digest your food, then it's pretty much useless, isn't it?
1: Well, exactly. And, and it's even worse than useless because it actually robs you of energy because you're spending all this energy trying to digest it. And therefore, if you spend it, you no longer have it. So people are, as, as you know, get tired. And and uh, that's one of the major problems in North America right now is people just don't have energy. And it's it's not that they don't, have it necessarily but they spend it unwisely they spend it on digesting foods that are highly processed and take a lot of energy so it's just really more of a case of it's really you can even look at it as like spending money it's not as though some people don't have money they make poor choices with it and spend it on things that that aren't giving them a good return
0: well you know how you know that is one of the best things i mean that right there is gold that the stuff people put in their bodies if you don't make good choices, it's the same thing as what you just said about money. And right now, money is on a lot of people's um, minds. And so when you make poor choices, you're robbing yourself, aren't you?
1: Exactly. And it's and we hear it all the time. People don't have enough energy. They don't have enough money. But really, when you look at it, it's, uh, it's not that they didn't have enough to begin with in many cases. It's just that they spent it on, on things that that uh, weren't in their best interest and didn't, didn't pay back the way that uh, they could have if they had made better investment choices.
0: Perfect. We're going to come back with Brendan Brazier in a moment. Uh, www.brendanbrazier.com. He's got a book out called The Thrive Diet. My plan is for you to go to Rockin' Radio and purchase it. Everybody wins, and I get enough money or I start <laughs> I get money to help keep this program on the air. It is called The Thrive Diet. It's all plant-based, correct?
1: That's correct. Yeah, all plant-based. There's about 100 recipes. Most of them have raw options, so they can be made completely raw. And it's all soy-free and, of course, um, gluten-free, too, so good for celiacs. And and a sports-specific section as well for for athletes who want to make homemade sport drinks and energy gels and and energy bars and recovery smoothies, all kinds of good things there.
0: Oh, yeah. I can't wait to get my copy. We'll be right back with Brendan Brazier. Hold on. Hi, and welcome back to Rockin' Radio. In case you haven't heard, the second edition of my book, Smoothies and Smoothies for Life, based on the raw food lifestyle, is now out as a beautiful soft cover with four-color photos and as an ebook. I've added more recipes, two new sections, one about health properties of the ingredients in the book and 138 common health conditions and potential natural relief using the recipes in the book. I guarantee a container of smoothies every day will change your life. Now, check out my sizzling summer special where you can purchase a soft cover copy of Smoothies and Smoothies for Life together with Mike Anderson's 100-minute DVD eating for just 1995. To do this, go to my website, revelations.com. That's with two V's and two L's and go shopping. To find my podcasts, including this one, you can go to revel.com with two V's and two L's. We're working on another site where we'll be listing all the places you can find raw retreats, other raw happenings, products, I, and many others recommend, best raw sites around, and more. Visit also myspace.com slash rockinradio and become a friend. My guest today is a professional triathlete. He's a speaker and an author. His name is Brendan Brazier, and his website, Brendan Brazier B-R-E-N-D-A-N. B-R-A-Z-I-E-R, Brendan Razer all one word, dot com. Welcome back, Brendan. Thank you. Like We didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> what What did you eat for the first 15 years of your life? Was that just like a regular, sad, standard American diet, or were you pretty well taking care of yourself before?
1: It was, I would say, it was a step or two above the standard American diet. I had some of the standard American things. I grew up in, in Canada, in Vancouver, so it was... Um, Pretty similar to to an American diet, you know, to North American diet. And my mom was was fairly health conscious, and and still is fairly health conscious. But I think that um, it, it certainly could have been better. But I I know that uh, probably anyone could say that about growing up. Their, their diet could have been better. But it was she she was an, she's a nurse, and she knew quite a bit about uh, nutrition, so that was helpful. But it was, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't ideal. It was. It involved meat, um, a few times a week and it involved dairy and and things that, that we know now certainly are not helpful and, and are very destructive if eaten for a long time and um, I yeah, like I say, I got away from that just with, with the ambition of trying to be a good athlete and realizing that there is a very tight parallel between athletic success and dietary success really.
0: Oh, absolutely. Now did you have did you go through a detox or anything of that nature?
1: You no, know, honestly, I can't remember. It was 18 years ago now, and I I think if I did, it was probably pretty mild. I, I transitioned quite slowly. I didn't go straight into it and, and, and do it overnight. I um, I remember at first, I just cut out red meat and then chicken and then fish, and actually, when I cut out meat, I cut out milk as well. That was one of the first things that went, but I remember I still ate cheese for, for a little longer until I was probably Probably sixteen, um, maybe maybe almost seventeen. But um, yeah, so I transitioned fairly slow over the course of about a year to a completely vegan diet. And and like I say, at first it, it really didn't work very well. I was I was tired a lot of the time, and and the problem was I was I was eating a junk food vegan diet basically. I was eating lots of refined bread and and refined carbohydrates in general, and um, a lot of tofu hot dogs and things like that, which which, by the way, I think are great for helping people transition, but then once people have transitioned, then I think it's really best to switch over to whole foods and, and the large component being raw. But they do have their place, but I think some people try and, and make them part of their, their regular diet for, for too long and then don't feel good and then assume that a plant-based diet isn't a very good one because they're not feeling good when really it's just they're eating a junk food plant-based diet.
0: That's, that's a very good point because a lot of people do not know that. They say, well, I've tried being a vegetarian it didn't work and if you really look into what they ate it's what you said and I've been there done that too and
1: yeah uh, and go ahead absolutely yeah and athletes too are terrible for that I, I know so many athletes who used to be vegan or vegetarian and, and and the trouble is what I found is with athletes a lot of them try a vegan diet at the worst possible time they try it at the in season when they're racing so they have performance anxiety their body's under tremendous training stress they have pressure from the coach they have pressure from the sponsors to perform and then if they're going if things are going bad for them they're not racing well then they they try and shake things up and often what they'll try is changing their diet completely and they'll change it overnight and try a completely vegan diet sometimes and it just doesn't work it's it takes time it's um, any kind of stress is any well any change is going to be stressful even if it's positive like switching to a plant-based diet but the thing that people need to remember is that if they have all this other stress, like the ones I mentioned, performance anxiety and so on, and then they add this other stress of having their body needing to adapt to a new way of eating, that's just going to make it worse and that's going to make it harder to stick to. So I suggest for athletes, try changing in the off-season when there's not as much stress from other sources and your odds of succeeding are far, far greater and do it gradually and then it'll become lifestyle. It won't be something as though um, you feel restricted trying to eat a certain way, it will just become second nature. And your body will actually want to eat what's good for it. And when that happens, everything else is easy, of course. And you're, you're actually craving good things, and, and you have no interest in eating the bad things. And then, of course, everything falls into place, and, and you're off, and, and you'll be fine.
0: So how do other athletes view you? Do they, they look at you as somebody unusual, or do they look up to you for your food program?
1: Well, initially, it was certainly something that, that wasn't common. I, um, and that said, though, when I started experiencing success and actually improving at a faster rate than the people I was training with, then people started to take notice. And athletes are pretty good in that we're very open-minded. If, if we see someone else improve at a quick rate, we're going to get curious and wonder why that's so. And, and then, of course, people ask me, what I was doing and so I, I told them that I was eating a certain way and I found it very helpful and, and I never went and told anyone about it. If they came to me for help, I was happy to help. But I was never the sort who would who would go and preach a certain way. It really didn't matter to me. If people didn't want to make that, that choice, that's fine, but I'm happy to help when they come to me. So actually in 2004, I was hit by a car when I was cycling and couldn't race that year and, and people knew at that point that i had eaten a plant-based diet for six years that I raced professionally and and they were curious, so I was always getting the same questions about what I ate, of course, where do I get my protein and iron and calcium and all mm-hmm. these types of things. So I wrote, a, wrote and self-published a book that was just simply called Thrive. It was quite short. It was only 112 pages. But that came out in 2004 and sold fairly well in Canada. And, uh, and then I just kind of went from there and then did the other version later that, that um, is out now. But that's how that all got started, it was really just people asking me over and over so i thought it's a good opportunity since i can't race this year to to write a book and, and try and help people feel better and uh also help help the other things that eating plant-based helps obviously animals and environment and a whole bunch of other things
0: so who actually tends to buy your book just athletes or just everyday people it's
1: Initially, the first book, the self-published one, was mostly athletes. But then more and more people found that it was it would just help them in their lifestyle. It's not necessarily specific to athletic performance. It it is, however, specific to performance in general. So mental, physical. There's of course eating a certain way and eating healthy can really help the brain as well, and it can help people function at a higher level, whether they're athletic or not, whether they're they're just trying to get more from themselves. There's uh well, reducing stress through better nutrition is a basic premise. So, of course, that's very broad. Everyone has stress from all different sources, whether it be work or family or, or eating poor quality food or breathing air that's full of fumes and all those things are stresses. So when we clean up our diet and reduce nutritional stress, cortisol, the stress hormone, goes down. And when that goes down, people are able to get to a deep phase of sleep called delta and they wake up and they feel fresh and rested and ready to go and therefore don't crave coffee or sugar to stimulate their adrenals and... And get them going so it helps them get off coffee very easily and it, and they're better rested because they've slept deeper and better rested people have more energy so there's just no need for stimulants anymore and then of course the adrenals get healthier again and adrenal fatigue is such a problem these days and, and people stimulate their adrenals with coffee and sugar and by helping to break that cycle with good nutrition people can can get off that and then have more energy naturally, and also when cortisol is low, you can build muscle and lose body fat much quicker. So that's it It works on so many levels, and, and of course people are caught in that, that vicious cycle in North America. That's what we do. We get stressed, so therefore we're tired. Therefore we have to stimulate ourselves with poor food choices that are stimulating, and then our adrenal fatigue and cortisol goes up and the cycle keeps going. So obviously um, people from all different walks of life can benefit from from breaking that cycle and that's what I aim to do is to try and help them in the new book, The Thrive Diet.
0: Alrighty, um, We're listening to Brendan Brazier. Uh, website is brendanbrazier.com. We'll be back in a quick moment. Hi, this is Rebel. We're back with Rockin' Radio. This segment is brought to you by Raw Spirit Festival. Come discover ancient wisdom and the latest findings from the greatest minds in healthy echo-eco. Echo-eco. I'm never sure how to pronounce that word, so today I'm going to call it echo-living. <laughs> you can find the link on rockinradio.com. This segment of Rockin' Radio is also brought to you by R.V. Robinson. Speak Your Way to Wealth. Whether you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or a service professional, and even if you have zero speaking skills, you can make a living every time you open your mouth, even if you've never spoken in public before. You can become an expert in your field. People will get to know you. You can build your database, and speaking also leverages your time, so you can double, triple, and quadruple your income with less effort. How do I know? I attended this conference two years ago. This year, I will be presenting there. Please join us. You can find the link to R.V. Robinson Speak Your Way to Wealth on rockinradio.com. Also, check out my cafepress.com slash revelation store. We've got some really cute t-shirts. Uh, what else do we have? T-shirts, bags, mugs, all kinds of funny things with uh, so you can enjoy your fruit. And wear it too. My guest today is tri- uh, professional triathlete speaker and author Brendan Brazier. His website dot brendanbrazier.com. He's also got a book out called The Thrive Diet, and I want to get into that a little bit to th- right now. But, uh, well, not right now. I want to talk to you about uh, Brendan. People join, get on the raw food diet very often to lose weight. Do you have any ideas on that or any comments you'd like to make about that?
1: Well, it's interesting, and and that's absolutely true. I I know several people who have tried a raw food diet to lose weight, and and what interests me is that some people I know who have been quite light have actually started a raw food program and actually gained a bit of weight, but they've gained lean muscle. So I kind of hesitate to talk about it as a losing weight type diet. It's more... I see it as, as a healthy diet, and when people are healthy, they're closer to their ideal body weight. So if you're overweight, yeah, you'll lose weight. If you're underweight, you'll probably gain a bit of weight. So it's, to me, it's kind of a regulation diet because it's such a good, healthy one that um, healthier people are, are going to be at the, the, the ideal weight, really. It's, I think, think it's pretty much that simple.
0: Yeah, I agree with you because what I feel is a lot of people go on fad diets to eliminate excess weight, but they do it to the point where they're not doing something healthy for themselves and they can't keep it up, whereas with the raw food program, they can.
1: Well, absolutely, and really treating someone who with, um, by restrictive diet who's overweight is really treating a symptom. Someone who's overweight, is that's simply a symptom of an out-of-balance lifestyle. And there are more things than, than just restricting calories. It's, of course, exercise is important. And, and eating healthy, eating nutrient-rich foods that, that fill these people up. And, and, you know, it's funny. Even 50 years ago, this would have been a paradox, but now it's, it's very common. It's that we're overfed, yet we're undernourished. It used to be that the more we ate, the more nourishment we, we would get. But with all the processed foods, there's very little nourishment in, in a lot of the, the standard American's diets. Um, white flour, of course, has next to no nutrients, but it has all the starch, it has all the calories, so people are getting fat because they're, they eat it and they're still hungry. If you eat a loaf of white bread, you're, you're physically full because your stomach fills up with the volume of the bread, but you want to keep eating it because your body is craving nutrients that is not in that bread and it's going to continue to be hungry and, of course, cause overeating. So, yeah, absolutely, I think that a holistic approach to health is the key. And then when people are healthy, they're going to be closer to their, their optimum body weight. And, and yeah, I, I think symptom treating is simply is simply that. It, it's, not, uh, it's not getting right to the root cause of the problem.
0: There you go. Um, in our last segment, we were talking about coffee and adrenal fatigue. And I've read a lot of, uh, I hang out on certain forums, and I found that people will go from coffee and they, it's, it's like they can't let go of the, the caffeine addiction so they go to green tea which to me also has caffeine
1: right yeah that's absolutely correct and, and I think for those people who are really big coffee drinkers transitioning to green tea is an excellent transition just as switching from a standard American diet of hot dogs and hamburgers to soy hot dogs and hamburgers is a great step but it's certainly not where you want to be. Like I say, great for transition. So I see green tea as a similar type of, of transitional tool, if, if you want to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It still has caffeine. It's still a stimulant. Therefore, the adrenal still get taxed. Anything that's stimulating is going to end in fatigue eventually. And I, in the book, The Thrive Diet, I have a chart on page 72 that is a spiral. And it basically shows what what's happening in that, that uh, stimulation period the adrenals and how it just keeps on spiraling up and up until until uh, a serious problem like uh, a disease develops maybe a decade or two down the line of, of chronic stimulation and and people are tired and, and they're tired because they're not sleeping in that deep phase of sleep, the delta form, where their body actually regenerates and rejuvenates and they're not sleeping that because they have too much stress and they have too much stress because they're eating the wrong kinds of food and, and uh, other things too, but food is a large element. So if we can just get right to the root cause and not keep treating the symptom, of course, drinking coffee or any kind of stimulating drink or, or eating any kind of stimulating food is is, simp- is simply symptom-treating again, um, and it never treats the, the, the cause of the fatigue in the first place and then makes it even worse.
0: Now, Brendan, do you believe that there's a thing uh, as food addiction because... Um... I know people have craving for stuff, and for many people, it's it's the dairy. But for others, it's uh, uh, starches. They, they can't stay away from the bread, the white, you know, the white rice, the potatoes, the pasta.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I do believe there there is an addiction, and, and the research I've done on that does does show. Several studies have revealed that there is a chemical change in the brain when. When some of the starches, especially refined ones are eaten and um, and dairy and in cheese i know there's there's a, a form of uh, i don't know don't know what it's called but it, it uh reacts on the brain for chemical release, which is it would good it's uh serotonin and dopamine are then free flowing in the brain and, and that's uh, that's a good feeling so um, it, yeah chemical addiction it's a very tough thing to break and one of the things that, that I've heard is quite successful for trying to break that is a similar kind of ideology as those who are trying to quit smoking is they have the the nicotine patch and that just basically sends nicotine into their body at times when they're they're not used to it. So it just gets it doesn't actually reduce the amount but it just changes the time of day when it's released. So therefore it gets the body accustomed to uh, to getting off of it because it's it's Times in the body so therefore sometimes eating carbohydrates at times when you wouldn't normally if they're trying to get off eating those is, is a good way to do that and then your body just doesn't want to eat them at that time anymore and then you find you eat less and then you can transition away but there's there's all different ways to transition off that but that's that's one way I've heard can, can help with people.
0: Okay we've got about two more minutes and I want to ask you real quick a couple quick questions water how important is it?
1: I think Water is definitely important. I know that I drank too much in the past, though. I, I know that as my diet has become more raw, I don't need to drink as much water. I still get as much fluid in, of course, just through foods, lots of fruit, of course, and vegetables have lots of fluid, lots of water. So now I, I don't drink a lot of water, and I feel better for it. I, just, I get most of it from from the food, and I, I think that's, that's the best way. I feel better with that for sure.
0: Okay, yes or no, do you ever add sea salt to your food?
1: Yes, during times of really hot weather and times of uh, lots of sweat and lots of athletic competition, I, I do. I do find, though, that dolphs, if you have availability to dolph or other types of seaweed, putting that on the salad or eating a bit of that is a better way. But if I'm somewhere, because I travel a lot where I don't have that, sometimes a bit of sea salt I do find helps just reduce the, the chance of getting cramps.
0: Okay, colonics, yes or no?
1: I don't know much about that, I've, I've never tried, um, I couldn't really comment intelligently on that one.
0: Got it. Okay, superfoods, maca, goji berries, all that, do you use them, no? Yes?
1: Maca I think is helpful, I, I do include some maca in my blender drink and in Vega, it's it's uh, really good for helping the adrenal glands, it can help uh, restore them um, once they get fatigued, so I, I do think that's helpful. Goji berries, I think, are good, just like many other berries. Um, for example, blueberries that are in season where I am right now in Oregon. And so this time of the year, I wouldn't buy goji berries. I'd go and pick local blueberries or buy local when, when I can. And then when they're out of season, maybe I'd buy some goji berries. But I think there's a lot of really good foods locally as well as these, these ones that are um, a little more exotic and foreign. So if we can eat local first and then when those aren't available, then, then maybe mix it up with some of the more exotic things.
0: Okay, great. Thank you, Brendan. This was great. Um, Thanks,
1: Rebel. Thanks for having me on.
0: You're welcome. Don't go away. Uh, The Thrive Diet, the whole food way to lose weight, reduce stress, and stay healthy for life. Go to rockinradio.com. We'll have a link up there. You can purchase it. And Brendan will, uh, will thrive with it. I will thrive with it. Rockin' Radio will thrive with it. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Rockin' Radio. Uh, please feel free to go to rockinradio.com to purchase Brendan's book, The Thrive Diet. All links mentioned on this program can be found on rockinradio.com. If you'd like to advertise or sponsor this program, please contact me at spillyourbeans at rockinradio.com. My engineer is Bo Astrup. I'm Revel Revity saying remember to revel in life and always play with your food. Bye for now.